0: Welcome to the Inventory Nation podcast, a show designed to bring you the incredible voices and stories of veterinary professionals coast to coast, all while helping you to manage and control your inventory. I'm your host, Nicole Klaassen, coach, advisor, and champion for veterinary teams and their inventory. Joining you live from the mountains of Montana. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Inventory Nation podcast. In this episode, I am absolutely delighted to be joined by Diana Herrera, the technician supervisor at Senior Paws. She's a licensed veterinary technician and earned her Bachelor of Science in Veterinary Medicine and then decided to study small animal massage therapy with the Northwest School of Animal Massage and earned a rehabilitation certification just this month diana earned her hospice and palliative care certification with the international association for animal hospice and palliative care Diana has worked as an icu tech for over six years and has now found her passion with senior care and end-of-life care and she's also managed inventory for over two years Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, it's absolutely my pleasure. So you have quite the amazing journey. So I'd love to hear us all about it. Tell us your story. How did you get started in veterinary medicine?
1: Well, I think like most of us, I knew I wanted to work with animals since I was very little. Um, growing mm-hmm. up, I had a little change in my path and I was going to study um Genetic engineering, uh, that changed pretty quick wow. after my first year. And I was like, no, this is definitely <laughs> not what I want. And I <laughs> I went back and earned my bachelor's um, in bed medicine. Then I moved to the US about, it's going to be 11 years now. And at first, it was really hard for me to find a job with animals. And it was really sure. hard for me you know, to have that around. So I started volunteering in the clinics that were in the area. And little by little, I then earned my tech degree. And then I was hired in a practice with um, that used to do general general checkups and then emergency as well. So I got involved uh-huh. with that. But as I said, I just knew since I was very little, I grew up with animals around me. My family will always rescue strays and we had all sorts sure. of pets. So I, it's like, I, I just knew when I was not working with animals it was really hard for me.
0: Yeah, it just came natural to you. That's so cool that you just knew your passion and kind of your purpose from like such a young age. That's amazing. So um, tell me what it was like to um, like move to the United States and just kind of like, just tell me about your journey with that.
1: Well, it was hard. It was nothing um, that I planned to do. My dad used to live Uh here since I was little, Uh, so he was actually the one that um, invited us over. But I wasn't planning to leave the way I did, so it was kind of starting from scratch. Um, At the beginning, I was sad and I didn't know anybody, like, it was hard to make new friends and get into, you know, new activities, it was just different. but I really love now I, I love Houston and what they offer and the possibilities that I just uh find. It's it's amazing.
0: That is so cool and so inspiring because you have just like done so much in such a short amount of time and especially like not knowing anybody in the area, it's just incredible. So a huge <laughs> kudos you. to you for that. Thank you. Yeah. So you said so. You started managing inventory about two years ago. Now, is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And so, um, when you first started managing inventory, did it kind of find you, or were it were you kind of like left with that job? Like, how did you start <laughs> managing inventory?
1: Well, it's. I would say that I find that wherever I go, I ended up being offered extra responsibilities uh it, uh-huh. i think i found myself i am pretty organized and i always look for a, a way to fix things and um at some point they were like could i mean we think you have the skills and can you take over um the inventory it was terrifying i because i had no idea what to do and i did not know when to sure. fail i i have to say like the veterinary medicine has this type A personalities, we just don't want to fail, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to make a mistake, we want to kind of be perfect at some point. Um, we know we're humans, mm-hmm. and everybody makes mistakes, but we just don't like making them. So it was terrifying at right. first. Um, also because <laughs> I, because I, <laughs> also because I'm, unfortunately, I did not really get the training, It it was just kind of on the job, kind of learning Mm -hmm. as I was planning to get something I was learning how to do it
0: yeah I always I find that so common in inventory just in general that most inventory managers really don't get training they need and so I feel like managing inventory is kind of like trying to fly a plane while you're building it uh yes something (laughs) like that I do have to say that um I'm thankful
1: to have a good team that has always backed me up as I was learning. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I want to mention is like, even last year, I was like, you know, I really need extra knowledge. I need to go for a CE and I actually enjoy very much the Patterson conference about inventory. It helped me a lot. So even though I have to kind of learn by myself, I haven't never felt like I was just left that no, it's it's on you you figure it out I was always mm-hmm. backed up by the management and the, my team they're pretty amazing
0: yeah I feel like that really makes a difference when you have when you're trying to learn something and not be supported at the same time is really challenging so that's awesome that you had your team and your management team behind you to kind of like help in this process for you yeah I It's something I
1: can't even imagine how it is trying to figure something out when you don't have the support you need.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's challenging. Um, So when you took over inventory, did you already have an established system that you were working with or did you kind of like had to create and build one yourself?
1: I think it was a little bit of both. The the person before me, she had some uh, marks like on hands and things that items that we use the most. So she will let me know how frequent mm-hmm. she will be ordering them. Um, the other surprise was like, I wasn't expecting the growth we had. We just, we just grow so much. And even from when I started to right now, we're just getting busier and busier. So that was there for me when I started, but then I have to start building wh- what I was going to do. So I've been kind of creating mm-hmm. my own ordering system plus what I was shown sure when I, I was starting.
0: Sure. And so that's awesome that you that your practices experience such a high level of growth. That's amazing. That's what we always hope for, right?
1: <laughs> yes, we hope for it. But it's so challenging at the same time. It's like, okay, I got this down. Yes. I know how many I need <laughs> to order. And they're like, oh, you used to see three appointments of those. And then the next jump is like, oh, now you're seeing seven. So it becomes pretty challenging. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know, I start liking it. I have a low hate relationship with this feeling. It's like, I got it down and now it's changing again. And then it's like, oh my God, no, I didn't. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so what are kind of some strategies that you have found helpful um, to kind of adjust to, you know, growing so much and so quickly? What do you think has helped been helpful for you for that?
1: Okay, first of all, I think knowing what of my products are used the most, definitely. We do Mm -hmm. a lot of pain management, so I know having those medications, just keeping an extra bottle of it, uh, I know those medications are not going to be expired because we're going to end up using them. Um, That is being very helpful. And right now we just um, established a reordering tag system, so I'm very excited. Um, yeah that's so far very exciting so far everything is going well I think um things gonna be new for everybody at the beginning it's gonna be mm-hmm. a little bit hard to apply that but um I'm really looking forward to it
0: and I know my business manager is also
1: really looking forward to it
0: <laughs> sure well congratulations that's really exciting um to take such a huge step like that um is very, very commendable, especially right now when we're in the middle of a pandemic. So hats Correct. off to you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so kind of tell us more about your position now. So you've kind of found quite the incredible niche um, with like senior and end of life care. So how did you kind of, um, what led you to do that?
1: Well, it's an interesting story. I used to be the technician that was always asked to please take the euthanasia room. Like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of my coworkers at the at the time just didn't feel comfortable going through that, or you know comforting a client that's going through such pain. And sure. I felt like I am always pretty calm with everything I do. I try not to panic, or if I do, it's a panic inside me, and I try not to show it out. Uh, so one day we have this relief technician coming, and she's like, Deanna, you should really, really apply for this position. Like you're really good. You'd be very happy with them. Like I didn't even know they even existed. So Uh it kind of sparked on my head and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll look into it. Thank you. It it was a weird sensation. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I looked them up and they were actually hiring at that time. But I really love ICU when I was there. I was taking care of the ER mm-hmm. and I love triaging. I love the adrenaline of the, the ER. So I was like, maybe I'm gonna wait a little bit. Um and quickly I I realized I shouldn't just take the you know, take the risk. And I apply with them. And at that time I was finishing massage. So I kinda apply with them with, with the hope that I could start using my massage skills. And they liked that sure. idea and that kind of brought me uh, on board. Um, and the more I learn about hospice and palliative care and end of life, it's just, this is definitely what i feel really passionate for. It's hard to explain. We get asked very, very frequently, like, how can you do your job? I mean, this has to be so hard. And uh, what I can say is like, it's not easy, but none of our jobs are like, each of our positions are hard. We deal with a lot. But it's so rewarding. It, it's just like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just so hard to explain, but it's so rewarding. You go to a family, and at the end of an appointment, they will be thanking you and hugging mm-hmm. you and not hugging anymore since CoVID started. but it's just um a different sensation, and they're not terrified yeah. and they're not mad at you. It's just a different feeling, and then it's rewarding.
0: you it release. Really Yeah, I feel like um, kind of providing our clients with, like, such a great, like, experience at that time really is so rewarding. And I feel like they never forget that, you know, I feel like, like, the kindness that you, like, like, show them during and like empathy and just all those kind of emotions you share with them at that time they like never forget that they will always remember that for like the rest of their days (laughs) yes
1: and the other thing is that we go to their homes so you you see a a different dynamic i i think one of the hardest thing for me to to see was euthanasia in a emergency setting. For Mm -hmm. different reasons. Sometimes it was uh, financial situations, other as like there really was nothing else that could be done. And seeing pet owners and the pets in that position was heartbreaking. So this, this really is what I love to do because of what I have seen before.
0: Sure. That makes no sense. And you have like the best energy about you. So oh, I just, you know, you. you're just like so calming. And so like, you just have <laughs> great energy. So I just feel like this is a great fit for you for sure. Thank you. <laughs> of course. So um, I'm also super interested to learn more about the small animal massage therapy. So tell me like more about that and how that fits into your current role. Well,
1: that was a fantastic thing that happened to me. Uh, I think like most of us at some point, we feel the burn out of our career. Mm
0: -hmm. We
1: went from uh, having a house for a clinic to a big hospital. And that was a gigantic change physically and mentally speaking. So I was like, I can't do this anymore. But I didn't want to stop working with animals because I know how that feels for me. Like I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I study something that's going to help me with an extra income, but at the same time it's going to make me happy. So I found this article on the web. I don't remember, I probably saw it on Facebook, to be honest. And it's like, how can you get extra income? And then I was like, pet massage, I thought well, that sounds interesting. I thought it was yeah. a kind of silly at first, like that's so funny. So I look it up and <laughs> then I found this school uh, there in the Vashon Island in Washington. And they offer their yes, studies oh, online, yeah. and then you go to a practical session for a whole week. uh so I gave it a try. I had some savings. It's like i'm just gonna just give it a try. I always find it interesting mm-hmm. anyway. um so I did, and it was fabulous. It's one of the best things I've decided to do. I think that opened my doors to go to my my new the position I'm right now uh it's It's also so rewarding. It's super rewarding. So I advanced my studies and then I decided to do a rehab certification with them. They have different levels. They have for sport animals. They have equine. They have all sorts of things and they're fabulous. Um, right now, because of COVID, I had to stop doing some many sessions that I used to do before. And I also do still go uh, with the doctor for appointments besides taking care of my inventory and management. So it sure. was a lot. It was a lot to keep keep going with all at the same time. Um, but my dogs yeah. get massaged pretty frequent. And on every visit, <laughs> I try to just massage whoever I can. Um, I do feel it's an amazing opportunity as an extra income if you want to take it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it builds a good network for you as well.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. I, um, yeah, that's just, that's just really cool. Like all the different (laughs) things that you've done to like, you know, uh, take your career to the next level. Um, so you said, so the practice you're at right now is a mobile practice. Is that right? Or is there also like a brick and mortar location?
1: Well, we have a center. It is a different setting. Our rooms don't look like a clinic. We don't have a sterile table. They actually look like a living room um it's just to give some comfort for the pets and the pet owners because we have heard so many times that they had a previous experience before and all they can remember is that still less table so we make Mm. it a little more like a home style and um, it also helps for some people is very hard to have their pet passing in their house It's a reminder that they don't have they don't want to have so we offer them a safe space to be at our center. But uh, the majority of an, our appointments, I will say at least 70%, even higher is in their homes.
0: Oh, wow. That's so cool though, that you have the ability to offer both. Um, so f- for like an inventory management standpoint, how do you kind of manage the inventory both in the center and then with like the mobile vehicles? Like how do the logistics of that work?
1: Okay, that was challenging at first because we noticed that we were taking too much in the bags and leaving too little for the uh-huh. center. And then having people come in to pick their prescriptions and we were out. So tweaking that was very frustrating at first. I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Then uh, sure. what helped us the most was realizing what is that we use the most. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we have our little bottles mark to a certain level it's like okay you do not feel your gabapentin more than this up to this line is how much you take in your back every day uh it also helps us to kind of look at our schedule ahead of time like if we see that for the day we have a few euthanasias but we are also gonna see some hospice and palliative care patients then we know what we need to take it's a different inventory for both. And we have two different bags. It's going to be one for the euthanasia appointments and one for hospice and palliative care uh, appointments with medications and everything. So, as I said, at first, it was really challenging, mostly because they were taking too much in the bags and leaving Mm -hmm. too little at the center. I think now we have finally found a rhythm of how much we need to get and
0: how much we need to leave. Sure. Yeah, I feel like that would be kind of a to manage that that two different pieces there. Um and so what practice management software system do you use?
1: We're working with Event and I am okay. I have I was having the hardest time. I'm still um I'm, I'm in the process of matching everything on my inventory. And I mean it like keep it the same way. Um, uh-huh it has given me such a headache lately, especially because we have items that are in a bundle, like in a package. And it oh, sure. just doesn't like that. It just confuses the system.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've definitely heard that feedback before.
1: <laughs> uh, but as I said, I think if you have a team backing you up when you need to do something, then you know it's going to get done. Um, meaning mm-hmm. i I am I'm happy to say if I'm gonna start a, hey, if I need to do my accounts from here to here. let me know do and en- do not enter anything until I get back to you. like they will follow those instructions and they will help me that way. So hopefully we'll have our tag inventory system running smoothly, and when that is all taken care, of, then we can uh, match our system with eBay as well.
0: Yeah, that's super exciting. Um, so do you have any words of wisdom or advice for either newer inventory managers or, um, you know, fellow veterinary technicians who really want to find their niche and kind of grow their career similarly to what you have?
1: I um, will have two different ones. So first, based on the management for the inventory side, I will say don't, fee- don't be afraid to say that you don't know how to do it. Because if you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I got this and then you start doing it and you know you don't, then you'll be in trouble. So if somebody yeah. asks you to do it and you're like, sure, I do it, but I'm going to need some help. Just don't be afraid to yeah. say it all out. I don't know how to do this. I'm going to need your support and I'm going to need some instruction, some feedback, some education on it. Um, so I would just say, don't be afraid to ask for help. And the other one is just we all make mistakes. So we, sh- we just need to stop beating ourselves up when we make one and just go from there. Career-wise, I'll, I'll definitely tell you, like, don't stay in a place that you're not happy because you think that's all it's about. And that's everything, like, you're not going to find a new place or you're not going to have this opportunity. The world is so big. And veterinary medicine just has so many things that need to be explored. Like we don't even know what else is there because we haven't realized it's even there. So don't stay in a place because you think there's nothing else or that you think that you cannot do it. You will find a way to do it. And there's so much more.
0: Yeah. I think that that really is such great advice. And I think sometimes when we're like in the day-to-day working with our patients, we kind of get blinders on and we forget like there's this whole huge world of veterinary medicine. There's like, a million things you can do as a technician or in the industry or, you know, all these def- different types of things. So I think that's great advice.
1: Yes. And there's so many specialties and certifications and you can start your own business. It just, is so many things up there. So I think we sometimes just a little bit scared or like we like to be in yeah. our comfort zone. So I will say just don't stay in your mm-hmm. comfort zone. Push yourself every time. It's just, it's hard. It is hard, but... I don't know. I'd rather keep moving than stay stuck and be unhappy.
0: Yes. I 110% agree with you there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's not Um, easy, though.
0: No, it's really not. And it's like you have to, like, conquer your fears and your insecurities, and you have to be vulnerable, you know, and you have to say, like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it anyways, and I'm going to try my hardest, and I'm going to hope for the best.
1: Yes yeah that's all, yeah, and just keep
0: going. I so mean so what do you yeah oh, oh no, um, yeah, I agree to just like keep going and um keep putting your best foot forward. um, what do you kind of like envision your career and your next steps? like where like where do you want to take things next? I love organizing things. I think
1: uh, the inventory side is a little challenging because of the reordering and everything that involves inventory, Mm -hmm. because it's not just like, I'm going to place an order and that's all inventory does. It's not that simple. I wish it was. Um, (laughs) But since I also take care of the rest of my team as a tech supervisor, I like streaming protocols and creating solutions. Uh, so I like that a lot. I didn't thought I did. So I kind of mm-hmm. like the administrative a little bit side of, uh, the vet medicine now, like I, 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 find that moving forward, creating those protocols to help will be a nice goal for me, especially because hospice and palliative care is so new, but it, the ambition will be to keep growing. So having, um, something set for that will be nice for the future generations and for the future clinics, because we're growing. And as I mentioned, I just didn't expect that we're going to grow so much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um. I think that's so great. And I think that, you know, probably because I do love inventory, I also love like policies and standard operating procedures because I feel like we have so much like chaos day to day just like working in the practice that I feel like having policies to kind of like know exactly which direction you need to go and like what the guidelines are like really helps to make things easier rather than the opposite you know usually when I talk about like policies or standard operating procedures people look like like, like they want to throw the book at me but <laughs> I <laughs> yeah think I know they the do feeling have a place.
1: yeah but it's just it's also so rewarding when it's like you notice that chaos and they're like oh i know i can fix it if we do things this way so it's Mm -hmm. just it's just so interesting and i think a lot of times people don't realize it until they actually have it
0: yes yeah and have like well-written policies and then they're like oh, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so do you, so I know that, um, sometimes like end of life appointments and euthanasia appointments can be kind of challenging for other, um, for other veterinary professionals. Do you have any advice for them to like improve or get better or more comfortable at those appointments and like resources that might be helpful? Yes, actually.
1: Um, but first of all, I will say if that's something that's hard for you don't don't you ever be afraid to say it out loud? because if it's something that really is affecting you, I think um your team can help you. I was always mm-hmm. happy to take take over a technician that felt really, really uncomfortable going through that appointment. I know sometimes we just don't have the choice, and it's just we are just so busy, and it's your room and you have to do it. But if you have the opportunity and you don't feel comfortable doing it, just say it. Your team will help you out. Um, the other thing there, the other thing is like there is a bunch of resources of how to improve. Um, there's a certification about euthanasia. Actually, is called CADA. And I can give you all the resources as well for you to share with them. We also have it at our There's a bunch of resources. Um, And I also feel like maybe try to be in the present moment. I think we we're actually sometimes too busy trying to get things done that we forget the moment to live in that moment. Just stay in the moment for that specific appointment. I know you're going to have to go back to run your psychologist, take the puppy care and do everything else. Just breathe, take a moment to just be there. Otherwise, you're just going to keep pulling it inside you. And then at some point, we're going to explode, which is what yeah. we do a lot. So I think uh, for your future appointments, just take a deep breath. And just take take a deep breath and take the time to be there. Just forget mm-hmm. about everything that's going in the background. It's going to be there when you're done. So I think yeah. taking the time to process those feelings are gonna help you for the future because if you're just I'm gonna get it done and then I'm just gonna keep moving, you don't uh, allow yourself to feel what is going at that moment and it's 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 gonna be bad at the end.
0: yeah, yeah I think taking the time to like be present and like really process the emotions and like go through those rather than just being stuck in them is really important yes. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us. It was such a pleasure and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having
1: me. I just, it, it is amazing. And I feel like this is definitely going to help each other. And I have already uh, grabbed many, many ideas from previous um, previous sessions. So I hope I am a help for you guys. And thank you. Thank you for your hard work.
0: Of course, my pleasure. And for anyone listening, I will link um, some resources to learn more about um, euthanasia and end-of-life care um, training and support. So I'll link those in the show notes for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inventory Nation podcast and spending your time with me. I know your time is valuable and in short supply, so it truly is an honor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or leave a review. Be sure to visit vetlogic.co slash podcast to access the show notes and discover additional links and resources. See you next time.